Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back, boils and ghouls, ladies and germs, children of all ages. It's Wednesday. It's time once again for your favorite podcast and mine, Talking Terror. We're back with a new episode on Valentine's Day Eve. It is the Ghoul Geek uh, Keith's pick tonight, and we're going to take it down a little bit. We're going to make you take out those old Robert Pattinson posters, hang them up on the wall, break out that old Paramore CD that you have. Haven't listened to it since 2000, right? No, you're going to listen to it tonight. Because we're going to be talking about the Twilight Saga, Eclipse, directed by David Slade. Words I never thought I would say on this podcast, but I'm saying it tonight. We're going to be talking about the Twilight Saga, Eclipse. Seriously, we are. And we cannot wait to talk about it, obviously. So, Team Edward, Team Jacob, fuck it, who cares? Be Team Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King Har, Andy G, welcoming you back. And I'm joined by the bold, the soft-spoken, Goldie Keith. Love is in the air. Hello, everybody. How are you all doing tonight? Well, I know I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ghoul? I'm doing fine, my friend. Mighty fine. Excellent, excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Thought you were going to break out with your Robert Pattinson uh, impersonation. Like, hey, so what's going on? Hey. <laughs> Because that's his range, and that's what we have to work with. But, no, always good to have you on board for your pick tonight for Valentine's Day Eve. We're also joined by the Mad Monkey. He's been chain-smoking and tossing tapioca at us all night. Monkey. <laughs> Hello, all you Fright fans out there. This is your sexy Simeon, the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where tonight, for our Valentine's Day episode, you listen to the sexy, smooth sounds of talking terror as you let us slide into your ear like a sexy, slimy space slug from Night of the Creeps. What's up? Because we yeah. <laughs> It, it, Valentine's Day, guys. It's time to get that chicka chicka wow wow on. <laughs> Man. Oh, yeah. Monkey's going to get some blue tags. Enough Google Enough Google to cover a giant space lug like Galaxy of Terror. That's the kind of freak I'm going to be getting on tomorrow night. <laughs> you nasty. Mm-hmm. That's nasty shit on Valentine's Day. Oh, what up in that Google <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm Valentine's Day Eve, no less. Talking about one of the it's greatest a, couples of all time, Bella Swan and Edward Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so, Ghoul, you had a question before we uh, went on air. You said you wanted to bring it up on air. So, why don't you hit us with something before we uh, eventually hear from the doc, hopefully, tonight? Oh, well, no, I've been been seeing all these hilarious memes and stuff like that showing the, uh, you know, I guess showing Will Smith as the genie 
in the upcoming <laughs> Aladdin film. And I'm trying to figure out, I mean, are those just mock-ups? Like, did somebody, like, color him blue and this and that? Or are they actually going with this as his look? Yeah, in the trailers, he's blue. I saw the trailer for the uh, live-action Aladdin movie. Yeah, he is blue. Coming out of the... Oh, I uh, assume him to be blue. Yeah. I figured he was blue, and but from what these images are, I mean, it's it's kind of, oh, kind of horrendous. I think the best one it, I've it seen is like the one that says, uh, you know, he looks like he fucked Happy Smurf. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it is Scorpion King, Dwayne Rock Johnson, bad CGI. I couldn't believe it. That's the final product that they're coming with. But it yeah. is. So, getting Genie with it. <laughs> Man, I, it's just me personally. I'm just, I'm just so tired of Disney just remaking their cartoons and turning them into live action movies. It's like Disney is just getting lazy now. They don't even want to write a new story, you know. And it's just. You know, They've only done it with two of them. Yeah. Well, they did it with Beauty and they did it with Beauty and the Beast. They did it with Jungle Book. Now they're doing it with Aladdin. They are working on a Little Mermaid <laughs> as well, and they're working on a new Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hmm. All of wow. which is okay. going to be live action. <laughs> Guess live action is the way to go. I guess insane. I mean, I, I guess the idea is, you know, obviously animation was done for children, but you know, as we we've seen, adults enjoy the Disney films as well because their stories are are broader. And you know, maybe the idea for doing it in animation back then was because there were things that they could not accomplish via live right. action, and being that we didn't have computer generated imaging yet, you know, they weren't able to. To, to put that kind of stuff together. Now, you can actually do it in an almost seamless format. You know, the one, I don't know, the, the mm. one that I think is a little silly, and I mean, obviously, look, it's my favorite Disney movie, is The Lion King. And, I don't know, for some reason, the idea, like, okay, like, when they first announced that they were going to be doing it, I was like, oh, okay, I guess they're going to try to do a live-action Lion King. And I'm thinking along the lines of, like, those 70s films and stuff like that. Figure they got to introduce, like, a human type of, like, element into it or something, because you got to, you know, how else you can film all these fucking animals roaming around. But then to find out that it's just a CGI movie of the Lion King, it's like, okay, you kind of already did the animated version of it. So why are yeah. you going to just do a computer animated version of the same movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get that at all. Um, and we are also joined by the doc. He is here. Welcome back, doc. Thank you very much. I apologize for my uh, technical issue going on with my setup here, but I should be up and running now and good to go. All right. So Yay. your thoughts on Will Smith as the genie in Aladdin. Doc, go ahead. Floor is yours. Uh, my thoughts on Will Smith of the genie as Aladdin, I can make those thoughts very clear. And by making them clear, I mean, I really could care less. Um, I just caught the discussion that you guys are having about Disney taking their properties and turning them into live animation. Uh, is that not just another avenue of what pretty much every studio is doing in some way, shape, or form with all of the existing properties they own? whether it's animation, mm-hmm. reboot, remake, whatever, is that just a natural progression? Is that, that's just where we are as an industry right now. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, True. again, <laughs> we, Hollywood, please hire some writers and create some new stories. The, the goal is always available for stories. Hit them up. <laughs> He's great at writing stories with actual twists. 
Unlike M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> he makes movies better. He just does. He just has that magic quality. Making twists great again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, if you're listening, seriously, if you have a movie that you think is awesome, then take your script to the ghoul and then he will tweak it and make it better. <laughs> and give you twists that you never thought that movie should have. Yeah, he's going to put like penises a nipple. in it. Penises, peepees, wee wees. <laughs> speaking, speaking of nipples, you know, I would like to wish a friend of ours a very happy 40th birthday. Um, our friend Nikki, she turned 40, and we gave her a great pair of tits for her, her birthday present last night. Um, and we had a lot of fun with them at, a, uh, at the Harpcade in Metuchen, which uh, it was a blast with some karaoke involved. Who, so who did plastic surgery there? You gave her a brand new set of tits? That's amazing. Oh, yeah, we, we, we gave her tits. It's, yeah, it's, wow. it's hard to explain. But, you know, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you, a, you care a, about a surgical procedure. It's just how it goes. Karaoke has changed a lot since the last time I went. <laughs> right? Now it's got tits. <laughs> 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 Whose birthday was this? Uh, I don't know if you know her. Uh, you probably you might have met her at the HorrorCon last time. Nikki and Joe? <clears throat> yeah, the, the DJ kid with the lamps. With the lamps and the way too loud music? Yes, that you, that you didn't like. That everybody else oh. enjoyed. <laughs> it was too loud. You're too old, Doc. Oh, it depends, on, it, depends on the, it depends on the choice in music there, buddy. <laughs> That's right. It does. It's all about the music. Okay. Uh, so, Doc, welcome back. We're going to be talking about Twilight Eclipse a little later. I know you're excited. You just, you I'm so really excited. revved up. <laughs> but uh, what do you have on that for us for our hearts? You're going to play the loud version of Sample in a Jar and they're going to get excited. <laughs> no, I just I don't feel that that particular location was, was the right location for loud music, regardless of what music it was. Yeah, no, that, that part I do get. Yes, it was a small, smaller hallway in between two areas, and, and yeah, that, that I can appreciate. All right, so where should we start? Oh, boy. I have so many things to talk about. Do you want right, to talk about mostly I, mostly, I tried to, mostly I tried to find as many things as possible so we can lessen the time we have to talk about Twilight. But, <laughs> all right, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, I have previously reported about the upcoming film called 13 Fanboy, uh, which will take place in the world of Friday the 13th as movies where an overzealous uh, fanatic will start to stalk the actual performers from those movies. And I rattled off a whole list of performers who starred in the Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> that will be part of that project. Right. Yeah. Uh, two more uh, notable names have just been added to the cast. Uh, one is Dee Wallace, and another, uh, none other than the original Tommy himself, Corey Feldman. Uh, see, I told you. Oh, wow. What did I say, guys? <laughs> Corey Feldman's coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, cool. they listen, it's because Hollywood listened to our podcast, and they knew that Corey Feldman was waiting by the phone, and they were like, Oh, yeah, we should definitely give Corey a call. Why didn't we think about this before? Thank you, Talking Terror. <laughs> we'll take our gratuity check now. Thank you. <laughs> Ticket sales for Corey's Angels must be going down, you know? <laughs> no, he's got the Lost Boys TV show, too, so Feldman's going to be a busy boy coming up pretty soon, I'm sure. I mean, he seems to always be busy in one way or another. Quality of what he's working on leaves a lot to be discussed. 
but he seems to be a pretty busy guy. And now, he'll be a killer that's over. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, next, because there's nothing more exciting on Talking Terror than listening to you guys talk about comic books or wrestling, uh, I do want to uh, talk about uh, the recent conversation you guys had about your sadness of certain Netflix shows such as uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and is there one called Iron Fist? Yes, Iron Fist. Yep. Um, <laughs> we're canceled from, yeah, from Netflix. We, we, we'd all rather not talk about Iron Fist. Yeah. Well, pass on that one. I don't, I don't know what these things are. I'm just reporting the news. Uh, but anyway, well, I know what the Daredevil is. But um, anyway, uh, these series are, are very possibly going to be given new life on Hulu. Uh, Hulu is looking to revive some of these canceled Netflix series, uh, especially in them having discussions with uh, Disney, who is linked with Marvel, uh, with Disney's upcoming streaming service. Uh, Disney might be looking to, with their streaming service to possibly not go full in with some of their more adult violent content. Uh, so there might be a deal struck with Hulu uh, where Hulu can revive these series that have been canceled by Netflix. Okay, but now, okay, this now this is something that yes is has been reported. Actually, it's something that that I kind of guessed was going to occur, was going to happen. You do know that Hulu is owned by Disney. It's no, I do not know that. Joint, it's a joint company that's owned by Disney, 21st Century Fox, and Comcast through NBC. Um, with Damn, that's Disney, convoluted as hell. With Disney, well, they well Disney's got thirty percent. Twenty first Century Fox has got thirty percent. Comcast has got thirty, and then AT and T holds ten percent. But with Disney acquiring Twenty First Century Fox, that now means they own sixty percent of Hulu, meaning they are now the majority owners of said company. Meaning that, yeah, you know what? Even if you don't get the Disney streaming service, you still got a Disney streaming service. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. very interesting, Gould. Damn. Mm-hmm. Stuff that I, I looked up because I, you know, I found it interesting as I was trying to figure out between Hulu Sling, you know, why certain channels were where they were and whatnot. And I did notice that a lot of, yeah, there, there are a lot of things on Hulu that are synonymous with with Disney, ABC, all of those companies. So, but I have no problem with it. There, it's a company I enjoy, so I'm all for so it. So you're saying DACA, that Hulu is going to pretty much get the darker Marvel titles while Disney will probably take the more mainstream theater-released movies? I, I am not saying that. Uh, what I read was Hulu specifically looking at those three properties. Oh, um, okay. I, not that they will be the branch of Disney streaming that handles the adult shit and the violence. I just was what my reporting has to do with uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Daredevil. Uh, I would like for them to keep Daredevil. I'd like for them to keep Punisher. They can, please, if they're going to do anything with Iron Fist, scrap Punisher still on Netflix? Well, yeah, the second season just got released recently. Yeah. But no need for another one. We could just stop making Iron Fist. And well, unless and, and, and Hulu gets the rights to this stuff and then decides to take all of these characters and maybe create a new Defender series. 
Well, maybe yeah, the they, first season. they they try that. that. Uh, not, not, <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, when you have an entire series called Iron Fist, which is based around a character that knows martial arts, and yet the series has little to no martial arts in it, you fucking failed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you failed miserably. There's a show on AMC called Into the Fucking Badlands. It's got some of the best martial arts on fucking television right now. You know, it might be a good idea to tap those people and say, hey, you know what? We're going to make a TV series about a martial artist. Can you guys work with us a little bit here? (laughs) Yeah. We actually need to have martial arts on our show, and we forgot about that when we're making Iron Fist. So, yeah, that'd be great, but... That would be the one I would be happy to see get the axe. I'd love to see, like, the ghoul said, Punisher come back. I'd love to see Jessica Jones get picked up, you know, for another season because I'm a big fan of Jessica Jones. But, yeah, not uh, so much Iron Fist. Luke Cage, too. I'm a big fan of Luke Cage. So I'd be happy with another one. Right, I got I to finish season two of that, man. I got, uh, I got like, a episode, two episodes in on the, on the second season for that one. Uh, the first season, you know what, like, it, it was one of those where I have such fond memories of it, and it took me a while to get through that one, too. Like, I, I got four episodes, five episodes in, and really felt like that was going nowhere, and then all of a sudden, it like like a roller coaster just went off the rails. So, you know, I, I, I got to hit that same point again with this one. Mm-hmm. All right. I yeah, that's the point. I mean, I, I still haven't done Punisher season two. I know I got to get to it at some point, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Because that first season with John Barenthal was so fucking good. So I can only imagine, hopefully, that it's going to be a good uh, second season. Um, but mm-hmm. all right, uh, Doc, what else do you have for us? So, Eli Roth, no stranger to our genre, mm-hmm. has announced that he will be making his next horror movie for Miramax and will be starting to Harry film, I believe, I believe, next month. <laughs> And he is going to be uh, working on this project with Jeff Rendell. And the strong rumor is that he is going to be turning his Thanksgiving trailer uh, from Grindhouse into a full-length film. And that is what they are going to be making because Jeff Rendell is who he worked with to create the Thanksgiving trailer. That has not been 100% confirmed, but that is what people believe Eli Roth is going to be creating. I hope so. I love that trailer. I mean, I've been saying it for years. I love that trailer. Fans have been that Thanksgiving should be made into a feature length. So I'm hoping that's the project because it's been a long time coming for that feature for Thanksgiving. Just, so I'm up I just fear what it will be as a full movie. You know what I mean? Like, that just yeah. might be really effective <laughs> as a trailer. You know, like, uh, like cause I do. I, I, I'm with you on that. I love, love love the Thanksgiving trailer. I mean, yeah, so like, yep. yeah, out of all of the film trailers in that movie uh, series, I would uh, most want to see that movie made, but at the same time, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's scary. But I mean, if we're going to watch a fucking yeah. dude in a, in a pilgrim uniform hump a fucking turkey, well, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm good. I don't know. <laughs> Let's make Just the fucking that, fucky people. <laughs> Fuck it for me, Matt. <laughs> I'd love it. I would. Uh, Monkey, what do you think about a Thanksgiving feature length? Um, well, I'm not so much a fan of Eli Roth. I'm really not. Uh, just because I don't like the guy personally. He's like He just strikes me as a douche every time I see him in interviews. Um, he does good horror. And also, also, we just don't have enough Thanksgiving-themed horror movies. You know, we, we've only got a couple. 
you know, and it's cool that someone's willing to tap in there. Thanks, and, killing. You know, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, killing. I think another one was called The Farm. Um, the vegan movie? Yeah, the vegan one. Um, and, yeah, the, you know, it's cool if he's going to tap into this, give us, a, a, you know, a good old-school grindhouse feel to it and, you know, have some fun with it. Well, you also have to include Blood Rage and Home Sweet Home. If you're going to talk about Thanksgiving horror films, Blood Rage. <laughs> That's not cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my favorites. I have it you know, on my shelf. Still one of my favorite Thanksgiving themed horror films. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, Monkey, I'm not sure about that, though, about not liking Eli Roth in interviews. He seems like I would be during an interview. He's a fanboy of the horror genre. And it shows when he does his interviews that he fucking loves it. You know, girls I, on trampolines. <laughs> no, the blowjob no, no, sequence. No, Adam Green is a fanboy. Eli, Eli Roth is conceited. I've always liked him. Never had a problem with Eli Roth. The guy is a fanboy just like I am. I respect him for it. There, Jew. You know, how I mean, could you not like him? Hostel was good. Go ahead, uh, Ghoul. No, I said he's the bear Jew. How could you not like him? <laughs> Donnie Donowitz. <laughs> he seems very full of himself in that role. <laughs> no, and that's what I'm agreeing with. It with what the doctor said is, yeah, he's just very conceited and seems, you know, overtly full of himself. That's all. You know. Have I'm you ever really seen not. him suck balls? <laughs> uh, no, but I still need you to send me that video. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if he's full of himself. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a different He reminds me, you know, Eli Roth in a lot of ways. I mean, okay, you know that same conceit or uh, – I get what you're saying with that. I feel like it's similar in a way to M. Night in which mm-hmm. he's so so in love with his own vision of his films that mm-hmm. like I, it's almost like he doesn't feel like anybody else or like maybe like you know bringing in like an editor or something like that could actually have any say in what it is that he's created because you know the world that Eli Roth has created in any of his movies is just always so perfect and just always so gore filled you know like that's the one thing like even with the original Cabin Fever I remember seeing that for the first time and being heavily disappointed with it it took me a couple of viewings for me to at least appreciate what that movie is and to see the, the, to, to find humor in it and enjoy that humor for what it is. Yeah. Because when I first went to go see Cabin Fever, I really expected this, this resurgence of over-the-top, bloody, gory, nasty, fucking we've-got-a-bad-disease type of movie, and that wasn't what I saw when I went to see that in the theater. Mm-hmm. Actually, you nailed, it. you nailed it right on the head there because it was actually interviews that I watched when he was going hostile. And it was the behind-the-scenes interviews where he was in there doing the documentary stuff and just talking about how his world was so dark, it's going to be so grisly and dirty and nasty, da-da-da, you know. And if you, you know, and if you don't like it, you know, pretty much fuck off because I know what I'm doing, you know. But yeah, you pretty much nailed it right there, cool. Yeah. Hustle had that yeah. hot Russian chick, though, man. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with that. No longer with her. She's on the market. <laughs> <laughs> 
So bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Doc, what else do you have for us? Of course, my horse. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> I'm a horse. I'm Eeyore. <laughs> I'm quoting Hostel, Dimwit. <laughs> yeah. Haven't seen it in a while. It's all about so the sneeper. It's all about the sneeper, okay? <laughs> so anyway, on the on that note of Eli Roth taunting his taunt, uh, touting his own material, uh, while the upcoming Pet Cemetery remake is not his own material, Stephen King himself wants you to be wants you to be sure. Uh-huh. He wants to warn you. He wants to strongly warn you that Pet Cemetery remake, and I quote, is a seriously scary movie. This is a warning from Stephen King himself. <gasps> is this movie going yeah. to scare the shit out of you? <laughs> he said the same thing about Maximum Overdrive when it came out back in the day. This, so I don't trust that. I was, I was, I was quoting. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Good for him for kind of promoting the film, but yeah, I saw Maximum Overdrive oh, trailer good back for you. <laughs> oh, good, good for you. <laughs> I say that to my students all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, will it be scary? Sure, but you know, come on. I always get tired when everybody says this is the scariest fucking movie you're going to see all year. Not really though? I don't think so. I've seen some fucked up shit. Well, <laughs> Take a lot. He's talking to normal people, not you, King. <laughs> that's true. Fear that's true. is also a subjective thing, you know? So it's yes, one it of those is. where yeah. what scares one person may not have any effect on another. That's why we love this genre. Yeah, we've said it all the time. It's subjective. But, I mean, what do you guys think? Stephen King putting the gauntlet down. I think it's just good advertising for the movie. You have to have that right. seal of approval from the King. Stephen King has got some money in this movie. <laughs> That's what it's oh, you think so? Me. You think he's got some money involved? <laughs> I don't know. I can't see him dropping any money in his remake. No, I'm just saying... Anything, they're going to pay residuals. That's what I'm talking about, man. So, of course, he's going to say, it's scary as hell. Go see this movie. It's going to scare the shit out of you. Because I, I, I want some more cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see, okay, I see. I agree with you there. <laughs> I agree. That he's just looking for the residuals. Uh, Who, Stephen King? I doubt that there's some kind of deal where he's going to be reaping residuals. I mean, if he sold off that material at some point long ago, like that, that those rights are like floating around in, in, in studio in studio land. Uh, you know, like he might get a piece of money somewhere, but I don't think that his check is contingent upon success or failure of the film. No, I still think that theoretically uh, speaking, we, of course. Yeah. And we, we talked about it uh, earlier, I guess this week, the ghoul and, and myself and, and uh, Monkey and Doc, about the second trailer for Pet Cemetery, kind of ruining something, you know, in the second trailer for a possible pl- uh, plot twist that you might have. And I felt like it was the wrong direction yeah. for him to go. I feel like it ruined yeah. an experience that you might have. Mm. So, ghoul, do you oh. want to give a warning to anyone that's listening at home? Uh, I guess if you ha- if you haven't watched the trailer, then I'll tune out for a couple of minutes here. Uh, it also, I guess, depends on whether or not you've ever seen the original film. You know, me and Doc also were uh, going back and forth a little bit on this as well. Um, and I do kind of, I see 
where from his perspective, I can see his point on it too, um, with the younger generation not having any knowledge of what Pet Cemetery is. Um, again, last chance. If you're going to tune out for a couple of minutes, you know, give it like five. Go, go, take a shit. Go, go pee. Yeah, for everyone go somewhere where there. you can. Go, go. Yeah, grab a can of beer. Um, you know, enjoy yourself. Have a smoke. Go fucking jo, dude. You know what? Go play with yourself for a couple of minutes. Um, but don't, but don't tantric it. <laughs> Flick the bean. Flick the bean, ladies. Blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway. Do you think there's any ladies listening so, to the show right now? <laughs> no, they checked out. Long time aside ago. from your own. Know at least one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> aside, aside from your own. <laughs> so, the thing is, is in the trailer, they reveal that it is the daughter that gets turned in the film. And you know, at least from what we see so far, not Gage. Now, it could end up being both of them. It's very well possible. Um, yeah. You don't know. The other thing that, you know, that I saw was definitely different in that trailer is, is you see him introduce the reanimated daughter to the wife, meaning yeah. that she's oh. going to be more important and interactive in the film as a whole, as opposed to how we saw it in the original film, where she was gone for a big chunk of the movie. You know, she came back. To, to end up being surprised by Gage and all that stuff. Um, but again, it's stuff that I really wish that they didn't show in a trailer because you know what? Yeah. I, I was probably, I was going to go see this movie no matter what. So yeah. it would have been nice being in the theater, going to see this, having an expectation of what I was going to see and then have it completely turned on me when all of a sudden it's the daughter that gets killed in the fucking road. And then it's, holy shit, they did something different. Like, I would have loved that as somebody that has already seen the original Pet Cemetery film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doc, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, my, I don't think it matters, man. Uh, I had a debate with this with the ghoul the other day. Um, you know, him... He was from the stance that, uh, you know, what happened in the original Pet Cemetery is so iconic, but uh, maybe so. But I think it's something that, as far as the younger generation is concerned, has kind of fallen off the radar. You know, it's not something that is so at the forefront. Uh, for example, last year, around uh, September, around it time, there was such a frenzy and such an excitement amongst the young people, uh, at least in my universe, about the It movie. It, so many kids were walking around cat- lugging the giant It paperback, uh, which there was a new edition that was put out that was like a really huge book. I mean, it's always mm-hmm. been a huge book, but this one was like, uh, it was like the cover was like longer than the old paperback, and like it was like it was it was like a big, wider, heavy book. Uh, everybody was talking about it. Everybody was wanting to see it. Uh, when I went to see it, when I walked down to see it in the movie theater, there were multiple kids from my school that were in the theater watching it. I haven't heard a peep about Pet Cemetery. Um, I just don't know that it necessarily has that hold from, from its time. Now, for older horror fans like ourselves, sure, oh my God, look at that. But in the grand scheme of things, like I'm going to go watch this movie. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And, you know, as far as changes, you know, uh, changes are to be expected. And, you know, sure, maybe they shouldn't have given that one away in the trailer, but I really don't think it's that big a deal. Hmm. Monkey? Yeah, I'm thinking, though, in general with the trailer is like, because I'm thinking back to the older trailers, and it's, you know, I think they should have stayed away from the whole thing of just any of the kids getting hurt in general because, and just let that fright take you when you're in the theater, like the rules said. 
you know, and just make it as a horror movie about that stuff. You've got the freaky cat, you know, go ahead and show the college student, you know, but they save the kid thing for when you're actually in the theater. I, I, hmm. don't, I think it should have been skipped altogether as far as the trailers are concerned. Yeah, I think and this trailer could I, have I gotten think, away with just showing Zelda and would have been fine, you know, just giving us that yeah, little yeah. bit of a taste. You know, yep. showing Zelda. Show, yeah, show, you know, show us the the cat. You know, sh- you know, show the college student. You know, but leave the shock of the kid out of the trailer because, like the doc said, you know, there are lots of kids that are growing up that you know probably haven't even heard of Pet Cemetery. You know, <clears throat> unless they've been Stephen King fans reading the books themselves. And just leave that out there for the new generation to discover in the theater and to get the shock of, you know, that oh shit moment when that shit goes down. Yeah. Um, and like I said, from my perspective, I, I don't mind the change. You know, the fact that it's Ellie rather than Gage. But in a way, I kind of do because I'm a purist. I love the book. I love the original film. And I felt like that Ellie was kind of the conduit. She was the one talking to Pascal. She was the one that kind of revealed things through dreams, kind of like Danny Torrance having this weird kind of psychic connection to everything that led up to Gage being resurrected at the McBack burial ground. So now that you're taking Ellie and you're killing her and you're having the scene of Lewis introducing the reanimated daughter to his wife, it kind of lessens the impact because I felt like Ellie was such an important part uh, in the book and in the movie, the original 1989 film. And now you're going to kill her off, and mm-hmm. I think that's fine. But at the same time, you know, I still wish they had stuck with Gage, you know, being well, the one maybe, that gets killed. Yeah, but maybe they're just going to switch up the Gage and Ellie roles and just have Gage be the conduit now. Yeah, but he's mm-hmm. a baby. I mean, how is he going to be a conduit? He's not going to be able to relate oh, anything well, to you. And it also looks like they're kind of going with like a, uh, I don't know, I guess the only way I can say is like almost like a Walker type vibe because it looks like there were other reanimated kids. Um, now whether yeah, or not yep. that had something to do with Ellie killing them and bringing them back herself to, to revive the spirits. I'm hoping that maybe one of the, the big things that, that we're going to get with this film is something a little deeper with the burial ground itself, maybe a little more backstory to it. And, you know, maybe, maybe they've come that, up with something creative cool. for that. that I'm that hoping they include cool, the Wendigo. You know, I mean, that would be really cool. You know, to go that way with it, you know, with the new material. I mean, I'm still going to see it either way. It's not like I'm like, no, this trailer turned me off to it. I'm still going to see it. I'm so excited. But like Shadok had said, yeah, it was such a fucking big phenomenon where you have younger kids and you have older kids and people that never knew about it all of a sudden reading the book and getting excited to see Pennywise. And to me, Pet Cemetery was the bigger book. When I was a kid, that was the book that I kind of gravitated more towards than it because I just loved the content and I loved the characters and the setting and how much of a downer ending it had. And yeah, I love doesn't it doesn't seem like they're really talking about Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I feel like these kids all read, they all read the Go book ahead. and and got to the fucking orgy scene. And we're like, yeah, you know what, man, we're not going to fucking read anything from this guy anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking weird, dude. Yeah, but still, I, I, you know, Pet Cemetery. I feel like, like the doc had said, it's not being talked about enough, and and it's kind of sad because I think it's one of his best works to date. You know, Pet Cemetery. 
Yeah. When I was in, yeah, when I was in middle school, it's like that was the book that every girl was walking around with was Pet Cemetery. You know, <laughs> but that mm-hmm. was also you know a long fucking time ago. So <laughs> moving Indeed. on, Doc. What else you got? Uh, Damian Leone is back. He is back. Yes, he, he is. Promises. He promises an insane, in all caps, insane script for Terrifier 2. Art the Clown will be back better than <laughs> ever as soon as possible. Oh, man. Can't fucking wait. And it's, it's a great thing that you brought that up tonight, Doc, because I was on a few message boards uh, this past week when Terrifier 2 got announced. And it's weird. Promoting our show, obviously, correct? Yeah. But this movie had two camps. They either fucking love Art the Clown and cannot wait for the sequel, or there's a camp of, like, it was okay. It's all right. Like, you know, you know if they top splitting a chicken half from the vagina and from the vagina to her head and show everything like they did, if they can top that for the second one, I'm, I'm all in to watch it. Sure. Mm-hmm. That was a set piece. We talked about it. That's a set piece of the movie, but... Um, you do have those two camps of people that are saying, it was okay, it was fine, I liked it. But then when you say that to somebody that's a hardcore fan, they're like, well, fuck you. You don't get it? It's the fucking amazing movie. It's like, well, no, it's fine. Like, I'm not saying it was bad. I was saying that it's just it's an okay slasher. It's just nothing, you know, where I'm going to be like, I can't wait to watch Terrifier 2. It's like, no, well, I'll watch it when it comes a, out. But. Yeah, it's a mediocre slasher that should have just stayed as a short. You know, and I think that's consensus amongst all of us. (laughs) Yep. You know, it's it's fine. It is what it is. You know, I just, the sequel's being made, that's cool, but, you know, it's not one of those movies where I'm like, I can't fucking wait for a sequel. It's like, well, no. (laughs) You know, see what happens. You know, but I I was surprised by how many people kind of agreed that it's just an okay film. It's nothing fucking that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a little thrilled to to see what he's gonna do. Hopefully, he's gotten you know a little more time to 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 work with it and craft you know maybe a a little bit more of an experience. But I also hope he doesn't lose that that extra bit of, of comedy and over the top mm-hmm. gore that that was yeah. involved with the with the movie. There was fecal art. There was fecal art. There needs to be more yes. fecal art. <laughs> I think that's you know worthy of a fucking Banksy right there, dude. <laughs> yeah, there was fecal art, which you know, and yeah, the set piece being the woman torn in half. So yeah, if they can get a good set department, if they can get a good script, it could be a good movie. It's just one of those where I feel like it could be a one-off, like the ghoul always says. It's not going to be a good movie, movie man. The first one wasn't a good movie. It had some good gore scenes, and there was some comedy yeah. and whatnot, but, like, yep. we're not looking for a good movie here. Just, like, give us the fucking gore. Let the fucking blood and guts flow. That's but it. would it be a one-off? Like, the, like I said, the ghoul always says, sometimes a movie is just as good as a one-off. And I think Terrifier is a one-off. I don't really feel like you need to have a follow-up. You know, let it be. Let it be Terrifier 1, and that's it. When you start Lesbian. making sequels, that's what he like, needs right, well, how much material? He just, he just yeah. inspired me. That, that is what he needs. He needs lesbians in this one. Yeah. Lesbians would work. Love to see that. You know, maybe Arthur mm-hmm. Clown gets to kill some lesbians. Who knows? <laughs> um, we'll see when that comes out, because there's no release date, obviously. It's just a script, and obviously Arthur Clown's back. Um, but all right, Doc, what else do you have for us? 
a while ago, a while ago now, though, I had reported on a series of full-length novels that would be released uh, taking place in the Stranger Things universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one uh, upcoming uh, titled Stranger Things, uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town, which is going to be 416 pages and is okay. going to be following, it's going to be following Officer Hopper as he is a New York City detective in the late 1970s. Uh, so, whatever, like, I've known that these books have been coming out. They're not something that I'm going to read. Like, I will get my Stranger Things knowledge strictly from the show. But uh, mm-hmm. my question today, learning that this book was going to be, in some, in some aspect, a, a Hopper origin story, uh, do you guys feel that like everything out there needs such uh, such literate backstory and origin story and creation, or can characters exist as we know them, as we see them in the material that we watch? That's a great question. Uh, Go. What do you think? I think Hopper is just perfectly fine as being the guy that never got the fuck out of the town that he grew mm-hmm. up in. Um, so I guess there's been some hints at possible like military service or something. Uh, if I remember, it's, it's been a while since I've watched yeah. either of the seasons. Um, so yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't see Hopper as a New York city fucking detective in the 1970s, um, at all. You know, it just doesn't seem to fit within the personality of said character. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen of him, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think, Monkey? Well, you know, I've always told you this, man. Is that I think when it comes to American audiences and in, in general, it's like they always the writers always feel like they have to over elaborate on origins, you know. Because I'm always telling you, every time we do an American translation of a Godzilla movie, we always have to have shit tons of explanations of origins of this and that instead of just big monster going around doing shit. And not everything needs to have an origin. Just throw your characters in the middle of the story and let them do their thing. You know, it, it must be working because, you know, it's, it's working for R.R. Martin. He doesn't give backstories. He just kills everybody. He introduces them, kills them all, and done. Oh, well, I wouldn't go that far, man. As I'm reading through the first, you know, 400-page book of fucking the Targaryen bloodline, um, you know, complete with, like, with everything. George R. R. Martin likes to give, like, hints and whatnot as far, instead of, like, a full-on backstory, but he does flesh out enough of it throughout the history of the the characters. To yeah. let you know why things are relevant in the present <laughs> by giving you an idea of why they might have been in the past without going full on details. Right. But that guy um, needs to finish the fucking book series. Okay? Stop yeah, writing other book. shit. Stop getting involved with other fucking things. Finish the fucking books that you started, bro. You're not getting younger. What do you think? King, what do you think of um, the whole, you know, over elaborating on backstory? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with it, where I just feel like you don't need an over-explanation of characters. Like the ghoul had said, I don't really care that uh, Hopper was a detective in the 1970s in New York. Don't need it. Don't really care. I'd rather him just be a sheriff in a town that he never got out of in the show. I'm happy with that. 
I don't need to have any more backstory. Um, but these books are obviously a, a smart cash grab on the part of the Duffer Brothers and Stranger Things and Netflix. It's, you know, it's a hot property. People are going to go out and buy them. They're going to want to read these stories and add it to their collection. So I could see it as a good way to market it and get a cash grab. But as far as me wanting to know the backstories, I, I don't care. What's on but the you, show is fine with me. I don't really need but to you, read additional material to get it. If it's a movie novelization, usually I'll lead more towards getting that. Because um, I know that Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, which comes out tonight, everybody, the sequel to Happy Death Day, uh, is getting a novelization, double feature, where it's going to have two novelizations in one. I'll pick that up because it's a movie novelization. I kind of want to see what they do differently as opposed to what's on the screen. But as far as origins, don't really need it. would rather just now have it you, not be explained. Now, do you guys also think, though, that maybe they're doing this just to get the Stranger Things name out there to, you know, keep yeah. the coals hot because it's going to be a while till the next series is out? What do you think, Doc? Well, well, what I think about that is that Stranger Things is so tremendously popular, uh, like mm-hmm. beyond popular. I mean, look, in the second season, they used the song Africa by Toto, and that song mm-hmm. became so fucking popular that Toto, wherever they – I think they're from Australia – had to, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. find each other and get back together and go on tour because of, the, of how much – young people fell in love with that song. When You're I kidding. teach... Really? No, I'm not kidding. That's the truth. When I teach, <laughs> I oftentimes, when I go through the lesson and when it's time to do independent work, I will play music in the classroom. Sometimes I play shit that I want to play. Sometimes I give kids opportunity to make appropriate choices. And, and also because they all, for some reason, love 80s music, I have a massive 80s playlist that I created that I play also. But all they wanted to hear was fucking Africa over and over again. And when I ask them why, they say, because Stranger Things. And the, I think that, yes, Stranger Things, that universe that it takes place in, yes, it's a ripe... It's a ripe community for lots of stories to be created from. But I think it's also the fact that all of that stuff, there's so much purchasing power in that audience, that built-in Stranger Thing audience, that they're going to buy whatever you put out. And that doesn't, yeah. dis- that doesn't say whether or not that stuff is poor quality because these books might be excellent. You know, I'm not saying that it's just a cash grab, but the audience is there for stuff that takes place in that world, and why not feed that audience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, but it, it's like the uh, the Star Wars books, you know, the, the off-spin of the movies. You know, if you're a fan of Star Wars, you're probably going to pick up those books just because you like that universe. So I could see the Stranger Things universe being the same way. You're a fan of it, you're going to pick up these books. Whether or not you need them, you're just going to want to read the extra stories that they present to you. Whether or not they're good, well, we'll see. But... I definitely see it just being a, a cash grab. That's just my personal opinion. Well, I think they're targeting the younger audience as well because there are so many young kids. I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, they're they're using a product that is popular amongst that age group to introduce them to deeper stories in a literary form. I mean, it could be... They could do a web series. You know what I mean? There's so many other ways they could have went yeah. with it that I am happy that they're doing it via the written word. Um, so, and I think, 
you know, I think it's something for, for, for kids, which is good. You know, like, uh, like Sam is a big fan of Stranger Things. So you're putting out a book series that is, you know, within her age group or, you know, maybe a little bit older, but she can read it. You know, that, that's not a terrible thing. Well, and I agree on that point. Anything um, that gets kids reading books is not a terrible yeah. thing. Nope. Yeah, especially like we had talked about with Scary Stories of Telling the Dark. Like, I really do hope that kids are going to start reading these books. Not that movie. They do. I have stuff. the collection. I have the collection on my bookshelf in my classroom, and, and and like I have like a I have a personal bookshelf behind my desk with what with books that like are part of my personal belongings, and they have to they have to ask me to read those books and sign them out. They're not part of mm. my classroom library where anybody can just grab some shit whenever they want. Uh, they they beg me to to read the scary stories books. They beg for them. That's perfect. Just to get them reading. Like, that's just like the cool it said. Kids are reading, I'm happy. Because I feel like that's the way to go. You know, get off your phones, get off the tablets, read a fucking book. Like, it's just so amazing to get transported into a universe just by a book. Just like Lamar Burton told us, man. Or LeVar Burton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could fly twice as high. It's in a book. Just take a look. It's Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc. What else do you have for us? All right. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the clock, and I usually don't care how long we talk about horror news and how long we talk about the movie. Like, does, that's not something that matters to me ever. Uh, but I do see our time, so I, I'm hoping that this one uh, fosters an interesting discussion. So I'm going to cut out one thing that I had and, and get to my last one because I feel this is the one that uh, I'm most interested in uh, as because as soon as I saw it, I, start, I started having thoughts. And I haven't done any reading to see if anybody else had any similar thoughts. But uh, as we know, Jordan Peele's Us is, uh, is, 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 is imminent. It's upon us. It's, I'm not sure it's official release date, but it is, I know that it's coming soon. And uh, I would imagine that, like me, that, that most of you guys are pretty excited about this uh, based yeah. on your appreciation for Get Out, which was, in, it was just brilliant in so many ways. Now, uh, while Jordan Peele has stated that this is that that us is a standalone, uh, you know, it's a standalone film. Uh, there's a there's a there's, there's an idea that I've been starting to float around in my brain. So I feel and 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 disagree with me if you will. But when I think about Get Out and I think about some of the most iconic images from Get Out, I think about Daniel Kaluuya uh, sitting in the chair with the close up of his face with the tears running down his eyes. Would you guys agree with me on that? I do. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you put get out into Google and click images, like that's all you're going to see is that picture of him with the tears coming down his face. Yeah. Uh, just, just a couple days ago, uh, Jordan Peele, they released the image of, I guess the official one sheet for the movie, the official poster. And right. it shows, it shows, and on that poster, it shows uh, Lupita Nyong, I'm sorry, Lupita Nyong O, uh, who plays uh, the, the matriarch in that film, uh, and she's like reaching up to her face and she's like has taken a mask off her face, which is another copy of her face, given we know what this movie is about. But not on the mask, on her actual face that remains, there are tears streaming down her face, just like the tears streaming down Daniel Kaluuya's face in Get Out. And this immediately made me think that in some way, in some way, if not even directly addressed in some way, this movie is going to be taking place in the same universe as get out. And that maybe Jordan Peele is creating some kind of larger, bigger picture thing here than we're aware of at this point. 
I don't you know, know thoughts on that. Just some that. ideas that I was flo- just some ideas I was floating around in my brain. Yeah, yeah, I never thought of that, Doc, because I do know the poster you're talking about, and it's a powerful poster. It, it, it yeah, shot into my head. It, it shot it shot into my head immediately as soon as I saw it. Yeah. Like all kinds of flash belt, flash bars, flash flash bangs went off in my head. Because it is an interesting choice, the fact that he does have that one sheet of Lupita Oyango um, with the tears going down her face, um, and then you compare it to Get Out. So it could take place in the same universe. It would be kind of a, a mindfuck, I think, by Jordan Peele. Saying and I'm not, kind saying, of I'm not saying that this is a sequel or anything like right, that, right. but based on what, pro- what we might learn in the film Us, based on what feature film ideas he comes up with next, that I think it would be kind of, if he is that genius, that he might mm-hmm. be creating a series of stories that take place in this larger world that I feel would be pretty fucking brilliant, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go, what do you think? Uh, you know, I actually have not even seen the trailer for, or, or whatever they've got for us. I've barely read up on any of this. Um, Doc, when you get a chance, send me uh, I'm on it. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing, doing it right now. I actually can't find it. Um, I mean, shared universes are a big thing right now. You know, I mean, we've seen it with M. Night. We're seeing it with the MCU. Um, you know, they tried to do it with the Dark Universe. They're doing it with the Godzilla Universe. Studios like stuff that is going to be definite money. And I feel like if you say, okay, this movie is connected to it in some way, you're kind of getting yourself a built-in audience as long as that first movie was enough to generate that popularity. So, and I think with this, yeah. you know, with uh, I was going to say, this is us. With, uh... <laughs> Not that one. God. Nope. nope, nope. <laughs> I, think, I think what Peel has established here with Get It Out, um, yeah, I mean, if he can capitalize it, if he's got an idea that's cohesive and it makes sense, and I think he's the kind of guy that has that kind of uh, mentality to build something that smart, um, yeah, I think it would be a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think, Mike? Now, uh, Peel has also said that he has put Easter eggs in there and things where, he, so he had the option to create wider universe, a wider universe based off of Get Out. So he has already started to put things in us that, were, <clears throat> excuse me, links Get Out to us. You know, he's put some small things in there. He he admitted, you know, to to link the two and just to give him the option of creating a universe if he wants that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be a great move if he can make a cohesive connection. Even if it's not even apparent to us right now between Get Out and us, because, I, like I said, a smart move. Uh, I do appreciate him as a filmmaker. I think he is full-on planted in the horror universe. I mean, he's a great comedic oh, yeah. actor, but the fact that he is so planted in the horror universe really makes me appreciate him even more. The fact that he loves it just as much as we do, and, and that's the big, yeah, and that's the big thing about it is that he really does love horror and wants to create his own stuff here. And you know, we've um, seen things about people giving him a hard time because you know he's you know making everything African American, and you know why aren't there white people in it? And it's like, why does there need to be white people in it? You yeah, know, why can't why can't African Americans have their you know, strong horror with strong leads 
you know, and it be an actual, honest to goodness, good movie with good acting. You know, it's been, yeah. I feel like this has been a long time coming. Yeah, we've had that discussion before about, you know, African-American cinema and how it needs to have a resurgence, and I think that Jordan Peele's leading the charge. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with this film. You know, I, I don't care that there's not a white person in his films. You know, it doesn't really affect me either way. Just make a good film, and it doesn't matter. And he's shown that already with Get Out. And I cannot mm-hmm. wait for us. I think it's going to be a massive film um, either way. It's just going to be a great kind of uh, experience. Oh, yeah. When you were I, mean, first I, I think he should have oh, his token ahead, white people in there, you know. I mean, he needs your token. Well, and he did it with Get Out. You know, he had the token whites, which is fine. You know. And, well, the entire premise but, behind Get Out was white people wanting to be black, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, and was, it was brilliant. And I would love I for him to like sit there and throw something in someone's face and have the token white people like the ghoul headset and have them be the first people to die. You know, straight up. Yeah. Have them in there and have them be the first people to die. You know, yeah. let, let's no. turn this shit around and let's make it fucking real. Yeah, if you're, you're going to do that, then you don't go with your token white people. What you do is you bring in the man that survives. You bring in LL Cool J and you kill him in right in the beginning, man, because that dude has survived two straight horror franchises. <laughs> yes, he has. Deep Blue Sea and Halloween H2O. He you also know. survived. Oh, yeah, Deep Blue Sea. This is mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that was the, that was the other thing as we close out, is because there's a meme floating around showing LL Cool J saying the only black guy to survive a horror film. That's not true. There has been plenty of black people that have survived horror. Yeah, Tony. Films. Oh no, he didn't. Never mind. <laughs> there's been plenty of black actors that have survived, you know, and, and lived to tell another story. So it's not just LL Cool J. You know, what about Buster Rhymes? He survived. And we're talking about him. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk not. about that movie. <laughs> no, but you know what about Shavar Ross? Friday Thirteen Part Five. That motherfucker survived. <laughs> you well, know? kind of. The you know, if you think he about lived. it, Part Six, Part Six, Horshack was supposed to be him, but his dad wouldn't let him die. Smart move. Thank you, his dad. <laughs> I wouldn't want to see him die. I'm glad that he survived and lived to see another day. But uh, uh, that kind of right. would have been epic, though, man. You bring back the connection to to the other film. You show that what happens in six is actually connected to you know what that mess that was five is. Yeah, yeah I mean that's true. Um, but you know, going by mess, from, I mean you know um, it's a movie I love, so don't yeah, take I, that I the wrong way. I'm a big fan of Part Five. But, you know, going away from Jordan Peele and strong black cinema to weak white cinema, talking about <laughs> Twilight Eclipse from 2010, directed by David Slade. Gould Fucking King of Segways, huh? I am not. Oh, listen, man. You know, there's one reason and one reason only that I picked this movie, and that is because it's Valentine's Day, and you know, people are are, are getting things for their mates, and what better in the mood. You know, it's exactly, man. It's it's getting the, 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 the juices flowing, getting the, the ladies all hot and bothered down below. And, uh, you know, in the mid to late two, uh, two, you know, through early 2000s, but the mid past decade, the one before the one that we're currently in, you know, the Twilight series was a huge phenomena. And it, uh, you know, it is not a horror film. 
per se, but it does take two very strong horror film staples and put them into a fantasy romance type of situation, I guess, is the the best way to explain it. But, yeah, I mean, the main reason hmm. I picked this fucking movie was to kind of torture you guys. So, how about it? <laughs> so, what is the uh, – what's going on in Twilight Eclipse? What's the plot that we have? Oh, you're asking me? Do you think I saw it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bastard. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Ed- Edward loves Bella. Bella loves Edward. Jacob loves Bella. Bella – you don't know if – Bella loves Jacob. I don't know. Some people say and she does. Some people them say she doesn't. Fucking kill me and get it over with. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they, they they should fuck, and Jacob should get you know t-shirts that fit, and uh, or shirts in general, <laughs> and and I don't know. At least this one. Listen, I could have went any number of these films. There's five fucking Twilight movies. Okay. Oh yeah. This is the one that has the most horror type elements in it. Yeah. So appreciate it for what it is, because I'm gonna hit you with one of the other ones at some point or another. Yeah. Please do Breaking Dawn, one and two. We've got to watch two movies. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, Doc, what did you think about Twilight Eclipse? <laughs> all right. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, on one hand, it's a really, really, really bad movie. Um, I have not seen anything of the Twilight movies other than anything I might have seen in a commercial somewhere. I have not seen one minute of actual film uh, from, like, seeing one on television. Uh, But I know all of the actors that are in them, especially because uh, back in around 2010, I was working in a restaurant and uh, there was a a waiter there who, who fancied himself an actor who his sob story was that uh, he had been offered the role of Edward, uh, that it was his, and at the last minute, uh, they went with, is it Pattinson or Patterson, whatever his fucking name is, at the last minute, at the last minute, they decided to go in that direction. And, uh, you know, he was very, you know, his his whole thing was, oh, that should have been my role. Uh, You know, we heard about that fucking... uh, ad nauseum. Uh, but regardless, um, this is just, I mean, <laughs> it's just the dialogue, the performances, um, like I know going into it that like there's a vampire and a, and a, and a werewolf and, and there's a love triangle and whatever. Uh, but man, this is, this is just, this is, uh, you know, and this shit packs the theaters. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is, this is just, this is just, it makes a lot of money. silliness. I know it makes yeah. a fucking ton of dough. It makes a ton of dough, and I know that, like, so many girls are, like, fucking sliding out of their fucking chairs watching this shit, but I just, I don't fucking, I don't, I don't fucking get it, man. I don't, I don't, I mean, I I understand, but it's just, this is just fucking absurdity. It's getting so cool, man. (laughs) And you guys yell at me. You guys are like, oh, Doc, you had to make us watch Killer Condom, but, 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 but but I don't hear anything in the ghoul's direction because we have to watch fucking Twilight. Oh really? Hey, I, like I will take detective. I will take detective Macaroni over Team Fucking Edward any day of the fucking week. Dude. Well, dude, I think Mucky's okay. gonna be in Come on, man. Hey, I told you I like Killer Condom. Killer Condom was fucking, like, up, you know, an atrocity. That was barely a fucking movie, man. 
At least this actually has some production. It might not have good dialogue, but you can blame the author for that. It might not have good acting. (laughs) You can blame casting and and people that just don't know how to act. But at least it had some film production. It did. So give it that much. They said this is a huge production. This is a fucking big budget, fucking big time Hollywood movie. Yeah, the majority of that money went to Edward's hair. (laughs) (laughs) Monkey, back the duck up, because I know you want to. Alright, um, yeah, I, this was, I spent my entire life up until now ridiculing the whole Twilight Saga. Uh, you know, I knew what it was basically about, you know, pretty vampire, pretty werewolf. You know, and, you know, (laughs) and they both wanted to hook up with the chick, you know, just like in uh, Vampire Diaries, you know, just like in True Blood, you know, and I mocked it, you know, for all it was, and, like, finally sat down and watched one of these movies for the first time. And after finally sitting down and watching it, gotta say, I gotta be honest, man, tomorrow's Valentine's Day, and I hope the ghoul gal fucks you with a porcelain dildo the size of my fucking arm, ghoul, and I hope it breaks in your ass like this <laughs> that vampire ain't neck new. in this fucking movie. Oh, man, I hope you bleed out the ass like that way, movie. I think the ghoul that's just hot, slid out of his that's chair. That's a hot man. Monday for me, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, know. I was just saying, the ghoul just slid out of his chair. And <laughs> <laughs> my pants. It's like, it's like, honestly, this movie has, like, so much potential to actually be cool. It really did, man. What you like, you know, yeah, you know how this movie would be cool? If, like, Blade showed up and fucking killed everyone. That's how it would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm getting at, though, is this movie had potential to actually Wesley, where are you? Activate, <laughs> you motherfucker. No, it's just, if we had actually, like, shown the sex, you know, showing the violence that was supposed to happen in this movie instead of constant cutoffs or cuts, you know, or pan away from what's supposed to get ready to happen, and they actually showed the shit that was supposed to happen, like you would expect in a real vampire movie, this movie could have actually been halfway decent if they had bothered to show what was supposed to be shown and taking this to a true <coughs> R rating you know, then I think this could have been a decent saga, but it wasn't because it was watered-down Mormon vampire. <laughs> what I will and, say in their defense is you got to remember that the source material is teen fair, um, so their built-in audience, you know, was typically girls in the age range of, let's say, anywhere from, I want to say probably about 9 to 15 um, though they did have obviously a much larger and similar to the, the to the the Harry Potter crowd, I just don't yeah. think they saw that it was really attracting an an older audience until after they realized that they got out those first two films and they kind of had to work with it from there. Like I said, this is if you watch the first two films, believe me, this and what follows it is so much darker. And so yeah. much better yeah. than what you get in those first two movies. Wow, I, I can't right. wait well, to well, not watch those. Well, b- b- before I go into more rants later, because there's going to be plenty of them, King, what did you think of the movie? Um, yeah, it's a good thing that the, uh, the ghoul just brought up those first two films. Uh, because when I was with my ex at the time, she was big in the fucking Twilight, loved everything about it. So I had seen every one of these in the theater. So I could say that. <laughs> because I did you also read all the books? <laughs> 
yeah, I have read all the books too. So yeah, um, I saw the first one and I'm like, it's okay, it's fine. It's you know a little teen bopper vampire movie. It is what it is. I don't understand the appeal of Kristen Stewart. I don't understand the appeal of Robert Pattinson because it seems like they're drugged in every fucking scene that they're in because they just don't know how to fucking act. Yeah, she was drowning so, her sorrows in whiskey because she had to kiss a guy. Yeah, it was, it was with such ferocity <laughs> and awesomeness. I've never seen somebody emote so much happiness and joy before. <laughs> I do agree with him picking Eclipse because it does have kind of more of the horror theme with uh, a group of vampires coming to kill Bella because apparently she's the most interesting girl in all of Forks, Washington. So they're coming to kill her. Um, I mean, it's got a great shot of vampires coming out of water. That's a rip from Carnival of Souls, the Herc Harvey oh, film. I was, okay. I was going to say that's Land of the, the Dead, Pir- actually. Well, yeah, Land of the Dead ripped off Herc Harvey. So. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was thinking Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, but yeah. <laughs> but, you know, going into this movie, when I watched it this time, I was like, all right, I'm going to get in the clips and watch it. This movie is like a fucking cautionary tale for teenage girls to not get involved with that fucking guy that's one step away from Mark Wahlberg from fear. That's Edward Cohen to a fucking team. Homeboy gets that is great the guy that we're following. Like, oh my God, Edward, he's so dreamy and he loves Bella. No, this fucking guy is on a fucking watch list somewhere because he is fucking dangerous. Because <laughs> every fucking team he's in, I'm like, what? Why do you fucking look at her like that? <laughs> you know, you're cutting yourself, fucking putting Bella Fava on your fucking chest. I know you are. <laughs> the, the kid is a de- he's a definition of a stalker, man. He is. Yeah, uh, that's why I like the parent characters in the film. Oh my god, um, yeah. Charlie, yep. her father yeah. in particular, is Billy hysterical. Burke, you know, the sarcasm that just oozes out of him with his line delivery is just great. You can see that he gets not only what movie that he's in, but he also gets yeah. the character that he's portraying. Yeah, dude just wants to drink yeah. beer and fucking eat sandwiches and tell his daughter to get the fuck away from that kid. Like, that's it. Yeah, and fuck a werewolf instead. Yeah, go with the other stalker kid that you have in your life. The other kid is cutting himself thinking about you. <laughs> no, and he's, but he's not, he's not any better because then, you know, you've nope. got stalker boy, but then you've got fucking whiny-ass motherfucker here going, you know, love me, I'm better for you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, I forgot my shirt today. You want to go ride on my motorcycle with me? <laughs> he doesn't know what a shirt is. He does not know the definition of a shirt. He's like, shirt? What is this? It's a cloth that you put over your chest, but you can't see my pecs. No, but then we find out, no. no. So, apparently the whole forgetting a shirt thing is a family thing in this movie. You know, we find out that no one wears a fucking shirt in the fucking clan. And everything yeah. goes kind of fucking jean shorts. That's, you know. But that's because every t- it's like the Incredible Hulk not being able to wear certain clothes, you know? Because every time they end up turning, <laughs> the clothes just come shredding off of their bodies. Uh, no, no, no. But no, I know it... No. <laughs> but no, because the, I was actually talking to the king specifically about that last night, Okay. And when we get to a thing later, and there's a moment where Jacob turns from a werewolf back into a person, and he's wearing fucking jeans. You know, where, where did the fucking shorts come from? <laughs> he's wearing his shorts you know, did, again. Did, did, <laughs> so where are the shorts 
Dude, they couldn't show that Jacob dick, you know? They couldn't show <laughs> no, that werewolf dick. Shit. The, the soccer moms would have lost their shit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Doc, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. This is a cautionary tale of not getting involved with the fucking stalkers in your life. Now you need to fucking find somebody else. My opinion yeah. on whether this is a cautionary tale? Yeah, because it just seems I mean, like... I don't know. I'm, not, I'm watching this and I'm just like, oh, it's a fucking soap opera. I, I, I never was looking at this as like a cautionary tale of not getting involved in the stalkers in your life. I thought it was like, oh... I love you, but I love you, and we both love you, so we, we hate each other, but we need each other, and, like, I just fuck, I'm like, what is it? this is General Hospital with vampires and werewolves, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, that's all yeah. I'm thinking is I'm fucking watching this, I'm just watching a fucking soap opera, you know, like, this is like a fucking CW show with fucking, with fuck some supernatural shit in it. But what makes that different than any other fucking vampire movie, though. You know what I mean? That's typically... Yeah, is that they can walk around in the fucking daytime and they're not getting killed by Blade! <laughs> yeah, you know. well, no, they, they, they are not getting killed by Blade. Yeah. All right. But, and, but you, and I have a... No, this is a serious question. Uh, because I don't know the answer to this. And if they explained it in this one, it fucking... I went over my head, but... Probably how not. is it that in hundreds of years of vampire knowledge, and maybe we learned this in the first movie or something, or in the books... Why can these fucking vampires walk around in the fucking daytime? Because they, they sparkle. <laughs> I don't because know. People I don't know they're vampires. <laughs> yeah. That's why they picked Forks, Washington, because it's always fucking cloudy and shit, because it's fucking near Seattle. So it's always just yeah. fucking raining all the time. But still, they can't are rain all, all the time. The <laughs> Thank you, Crow. <laughs> Well, in this universe, weather forecasting has been perfected, um, yep. so they know when when it's going to be a sunny day. Yeah, I mean, little things like that, I guess, kind of get get highlighted. Look, I never read the books, so you know, anytime no, I, I need to uh, to get that kind of knowledge, I, I consult with like w- Wikipedia, and you know, I'll be honest, yep. I, I've never needed to know at all. You know, I just unfortunately, <laughs> I am not. A f- I'm listen. I'm a fan of when a fucking vampire walks into sunlight, it bursts into flames and dies. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, barring the intro- the barring the introduction of uh, daylight rings through the Vampire Diaries slash Originals yeah. universe. Um, which mm-hmm. I can accept that it's you know something yep. else that is giving them the ability to walk around in the day. Um, so yeah, I, I don't like the sparkles like diamonds thing. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's silly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess they were trying to make vampires beautiful, which I don't get well, because isn't the whole idea of vampirism beauty? It's all part yeah. of it. You're immortal Vanity. in that. You know, you're frozen forever yeah. as that person. Yep. And like, yeah, I'm gonna like the, uh, yeah, go like ahead, the Blondie songs. No, I was gonna say like the Blondie yeah. songs. Die young, stay pretty. <laughs> yeah, because um, I'm gonna jump in and then I'm gonna jump back. Shit, that's like a, a little Barney bit, song. But... <laughs> Blondie, Blondie. Oh, Blondie. Um, Blondie. Barney. I'm Debbie like, oh, Barney got into some dark shit, huh? Because <laughs> you also have like we talked about with these vampires. Um, you know, they can go out in the daylight, but they sparkle. They don't burst into flames. I'm like, all right, fuck that. But it's also, you have a scene where you have the one vampire going into Bella's house to kind of get her scent and to get her, her clothes because he wants to give it to the newborns. Yeah, vampire fucking knowledge, you can't let a vampire in unless you invite them. 
But nope, fuck that. We're not doing that in this movie. We're just going to have a vampire break into the house. I was like, yep, yeah, again, you know, vampire war. You cannot let a vampire in unless he's invited. But they just go right over that one. Still, they're, they're ignoring, you know, the things that, you know, we as, I guess, I don't know, what do, what do you call us? Do you call us vampire fans? I mean, what what exactly yeah. would we be considered on it, you know? Well, um, I guess people yeah, are but, I mean, they're, they're going against the grain. Yeah, and yeah, it's also it's it's also pretty much considered just the common knowledge of va- uh, vampire lore, you know, yeah. of the things of going out to sunlight, um, you know, not not crossing a threshold without permission, crosses, garlic, you know, roses, wooden stake, you know, mirrors. none of this. Yeah, <laughs> mirrors. None of this has anything to do with it. While on the flip side, okay, we then we have the werewolves. Where we have, you know, if they just want to turn, they just fucking turn, you know. <laughs> just, you know, like, like, you know, I fucking, I dream a genie, just, you know, blink and nod your head and boom, you're a, a werewolf. You know, no transformation, no torture, you know, no ripping of the bones, no ligaments, you know. No, just pop, you're fucking I, werewolf. I actually was having this conversation earlier, though, and that's the thing here with them. They're not exactly, I mean, they, obviously they use the term werewolves to describe them, but this isn't right. lycanthropy. It's not an infection. They're skin changers. So this is you know, okay, something you that's go. been okay. handed down amongst the tribes as spirit warriors over the year. You know, like these are things that you, we, we've seen with other uh, South American tribes have spoken about it over the time, you know, the, the ability to transform into a panther or something like that. Mm. Uh, this is going right. more along the lines with that as opposed to the werewolf thing. Um, that being okay. said, I, you know, I, they, they do have a bit of a CGI look, but considering it's like 2008, I, I didn't think it was terrible. 2010. It wasn't bad, but... Oh, um, well, I'm also, thinking from well, the first oh, movie. Oh. Yeah, but yeah. hold on, it wasn't that bad. But at the same time, they looked like giant puppies. Okay, they, yes. like, they didn't look. They're supposed they didn't to be like friendly. Wolves. Yeah, but they looked more <laughs> yeah. like giant huskies instead of actual wolves. That was my problem. You know. Well. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to talk about is that you have uh, Charlie, who again, like the girl had said, I love Charlie in this movie because he's the most relatable. Where he's like, yeah, fucking, you're spending too much time with this guy. Hang out with your other friends, like Jacob or whatever. Like, just, you know, enough yeah. with this fucking Edward guy. Like, he sucks. Like, can we all agree? He sucks. Like, you know. Which is but you have like an ugly Bella finally, You have Bella finally deciding, I'm going to go see Jacob. I'm going to go fucking hang out with him. She gets into her truck, and she's like, oh, the truck won't start. There's Edward going, oh, yeah, I purposely did that because I want to protect you. That's a fucking red flag. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, if Little you know, bit. I'm a girl getting into my truck to go see somebody and my boyfriend shows up going, yeah, I purposely disengaged your truck so you can't see other people. Yeah, I'm going to say, Edward's got a problem. We need to talk about this a little bit. And so she's like, okay, clean. I understand you. <laughs> you know? It's the intensity of his love, you know. Everything is about protecting Bella. For whatever reason, everything is about this this chick. And you know what? I've seen all five movies, and I don't get it at all. No, not at all. I don't. But, like, Doc, what did you think about that when the truck sequence? Like, come on. <laughs> Any other girl probably been like, all right, I have a problem. She just goes with it. She's like, yeah, you're probably right. 
he won't hurt me, but you're fine for doing this. I love you, Daddy. I mean, you can question every fucking decision that all of these characters were making throughout the fucking business, man. Uh, you know, uh, I tried not to, I mean, I, I didn't try, I didn't, I didn't kind of think too deeply about the goings-ons here. Um, I didn't think there was anything to fucking dig into there. It was just, it was just weird. Um, because it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's between a rock and a hard place for Bella, where she's like, ah, I got my vampire boyfriend, he loves me, and he wants to marry me, but... Then I got Jacob, and I'm also kind of in love with him, too, but he's also fucking weird. And he has this weird obsession with me. I think it's one of those... Okay, so here we go. Because Will and, and Doc, I mean, obviously, you guys know of the whole Jacob, Bella, Edward thing just from pop culture in general. But you guys have yeah, never sure. seen the movies. You've never read the books. Um, what did you think about that little uh that little tryst there did you feel like bella actually had any kind of feelings like could you actually read that in the film or no towards uh towards jacob read what that she had a thing for him yes Mm -hmm. you know uh i'm gonna go ahead and say you know obviously i've you know i'm going in i've heard of oh team edward or team jacob uh, but as far as interactions-wise, I didn't think that there was enough meat on the bone to to show that she uh, was so into both of them versus them both being into her. Um, obviously, uh, that comes out more later when she's like, oh, kiss me. <sighs> but... Uh, oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah. Always, like, her, her interests always seem to be more, obviously, you know, towards Edward, and, I, and never did I get the sense of any longing or pining that she might have had for Jacob, if that's what you were asking. Absolutely. No, monkey? Actually, I, I agree. Monkey, yeah, you go. No, I was going to say the same thing where um, I didn't really take it that she was attracted to either Edward himself or Jacob. It's like, because she when we have later on um, the kiss with Jacob, I feel, felt like it was more of a distraction um, for the coming events. But I thought that she was more in love with the idea of and the world of vampirism than actual straight-up Edward. You know, so I didn't think that she was attracted to either one of them. I thought she was more attracted to the world that he was a part of Meanwhile, she's just kind of nonchalant about anything, and I don't understand why either of these fuckers are batshit about her in general. Good. Yeah. No, I mean my my point of that question is is like that that is a thing. Like you had just said, the the whole you know love triangle between these three. I never feel like there is any attraction of Bella in the film series towards Jacob. Um, and again, right. I've seen yeah. all three, you know, I've I seen agree. all five films. I, ju- yep. I don't know if that's a product of Kristen Stewart's inability to emote and act, <laughs> or if it's how the writers changed the plot lines in the book to suit 
you know, to, to come into a film form. Uh, but like I know other people that I've spoken to have read the books say that, you know, in that form that it is more clear that she does actually love Jacob in more than a friend type of way, but she just loves Edward more. Okay. Yeah. Um, I get that. And while on the flip side, while we're talking about the whole Team Jacob, Team Edward thing, it's like I just don't understand why all these fucking soccer moms are so hot about these two guys because it's like Edward just looks like, you know, an ugly Harry Potter with his, his huge head. Um, and well, he wasn't Harry Potter. That's Cedric, he that's was, Cedric Diggory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, that's right. All right, and then J- Jacob looks like, you know, this little – Stoned rat, where you know he can't open his eyes all the way, and he's got these oh, weird yeah. little thirteen, and he's got these weird little watch, watch the first two movies. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. With with his long haired wig, which is fucking yeah. horrendous, like really bad. Ne- next <laughs> really level bad. Even he worse than her wig in this movie. He has long he had hair in the first long two movies. Hair. No, no, Jacob had long black hair in the first two movies. Yep. Um, oh, wow. That, that, you know, yes. And yeah, I mean, listen, the, the yeah. girls will always have that weird fascination with the, the gaunt, skinny, pale, white dude. Um, you know, we've seen it with plenty of rock stars over the years. I'll never understand it. I can understand when you see Jacob without a fucking shirt on, you can kind of understand why girls kind of like the guy. The kid's got a fucking eight pack, man. He got himself into great shape for this film. I mean, that's Shark Boy, okay, from the fucking Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still, yeah. To compare like to what's out there, like Jason Statham. You know, and they're you know getting all hot about him. It's like, okay, really? <laughs> I, I just yeah. don't see it, man. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it's a whole fucking thing, <laughs> you know. But um, and we get to the whole thing about Bella wanting to become a vampire. Like that's her whole fucking thing in the start of the movie. I want to be a vampire. I want to be a vampire. And you have yeah. like, yeah, I don't know if that's the right decision for you to make. You know, we get to the fucking Cohen house. Mike Dexter is a fucking god, you know, as Carlisle Cullen. <laughs> you know, I love Mike like, Dexter. Hey, what's going on, though? <laughs> yeah. But you have uh, Rosalie, uh, played by Nikki Reed, giving her this story about how when she was younger, back in the 20s, she was involved with a guy, and they ended up doing something to her, whether it's implied that she was raped or not, that's up for discussion. But it's still a tragic story. Like she got turned into a vampire because of what happened to her. Bella's story is, I just want to be a vampire. Like there's no tragic story. So it's like, Oh, Bella, how'd you turn into a vampire? Well, I fell in love with this fucking hunky guy from high school and he turned me. So that's it. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's Rosalie's whole problem with her is that she's choosing to, to take on this life. Whereas, you know, she, she never got that choice. And yeah, it is. I mean, obviously it's, in the books, from from what I've heard, is that it's you know it's a little bit more detailed as far as yes, she was raped and beaten and left for dead, which is when you know Carlisle yeah. found her and turned her as a uh, you know as basically figuring but, that he was helping her by doing it. Yeah, and but again, this is this is exactly one of those moments that I was talking about earlier where this movie could have been better and stronger if we had actually seen what was going on and not left to guess. Okay, like, they could have, like, just pushed us a couple seconds more film-wise 
to be like, okay, you know, she was sexually assaulted, but we don't have to show it. But just, you know, to make sure that we understood that that's what happened, all right? Just give us a couple more seconds to know that's what actually happened. Then we follow up with her revenge scene, which could have been a great, great you know, solid five minutes of, you know, action right there of just her, you know, quick, quick going around, snapping necks, cracking bones, you know, that kind of stuff. No, we don't get any of that, man. And when we get to the final kill that we're told that she built her way up to, yeah, we get none of that either. Just straight cut of, you know, she's in a wedding dress being theatrics. You know, well, it's a PG-13 movie. How far can you go? That is the problem with it, and I I don't disagree with that. You know, I would love – and I I have – you know, I don't know. I bought the pack that came. It was all five movies, so it's the extended editions. So I don't know how long your versions of these movies are, but, like, my version of this movie is two Two hours hours. uh, and change. So I don't know what the differences are. I've never seen – you know, it's funny. I put this – movie on regularly to go to sleep to because I'm typically asleep by about 10 minutes into the movie. Um, (laughs) So this is the first time since the actual first time I watched the film that I actually completed the film. I was really worried. I I put it on like the middle of the day just so there'd be no, no way for me to fall asleep. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, even if they didn't show, you know, more of the, the rape and whatnot. They could have actually given us a couple lines of dialogue that exactly. definitively yeah. told you that that happened. And, yes, I think the revenge, they could have went, you know, maybe a little bloodier. I mean, again, they are vampires. They are werewolves. They are killing people and each other. Yeah. So there, there should be some level of, of violence and malevolence involved with it. But I think we still have yet to ever really get a good definitive werewolf first vampire movie set. You know, even the Underworld mm. movies I found to be vastly, you know, very disappointing and very oh yeah up and down with what, what they showed in all of them. I had a great yeah. fun time with the first one, you know, and then unfortunately it's like they just kind of you know went downhill from there on the first one in my opinion. But I had a, I had a lot of fun with the first Underworld movie. Yeah, and and with this one, like you know, the the ghoul had said, there is a kind of horror element to it with this uh, vampire kind of newborn family being born because of uh, a redhead named Victoria who wants revenge against Bella because Bryce Dallas Howard. Her. Yeah, which what, I'm a, I really didn't like Bryce Dallas Howard because I preferred Rachel of Fever to play her in the first two, so I was kind of mm-hmm. disappointed that they had to replace her. Um, oh, wait, it so was fine for what it was. I thought the that same role. Bryce Dallas Howard did a good job as this character of uh, Victoria, kind of making a puppet out of uh, Riley and getting this uh, kind of vampire army together to go to Forks for this battle. But you would think that they would need more than one day to prepare <laughs> for this, this battle <laughs> that's going to happen, where uh, fucking Mike Dexter's like, holy shit, guys. Shit's about to go down. People are going to die. We got to train. We need to prepare. You know, fucking, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna I'm not it, gay. I'm going to call it my partner, Bill Bellamy, and we're going to get in, in on Fast lane. I, <laughs> you know? I love that training involves, you know, just the vampires dancing with one another and the werewolves just kind of standing there watching. Like, what? what was taught, what was learned, uh, other than fucking yeah. creepy, uh, creepy kid with the weird hair, fucking walking around saying, you know, little things here and there. That yeah, seems exactly. like obvious things. 
Yeah, but you have I to have was, the uh, the backstory of Jasper. Like, oh yeah, I yeah. was turned, and then all of a sudden I got turned into a puppet. So I get it. Like this shit happens. So be prepared, y'all. Yeah. We're going into battle. But, but Come on, this whole... you, you trade for a day. How are you ready for this? <laughs> and during this scene, their whole lives, okay. man. <laughs> during this scene, I was like, okay, we're gonna actually start getting into some action that's supposed to be happening soon. All right, we're gonna have a kick-ass sparring scene. All right, this should be cool. They even made fucking kung fu, you know, fighting boring. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, no one was actually hitting each other. No one was doing any grappling. You know, all it was was, you know, it looked like more like a dance-off, you know. Well, there was, there was a little kissy face. There was a little kissy face between the one and the other. Like, yeah, Alice the and Jasper. Uh, yeah, the wolves in the Gosh. background were bored as fuck watching this shit. Yeah, they're like, why the fuck were we here? Like, you're not going to have us fight either? Like, you're just going to have us fucking be werewolves? Yeah, you're not going to teach the wolves how to fight vampires or anything? Jacob just wants a head pat? (laughs) He just wanted to be by Bella, man. And he figured figured in wolf form he can really get a a, a sniff of the old, uh, you know, the old Sashola. Well, that was the problem, too. Um, Going into the part where Bella is with Edward and they have to camp out for the night. Because they want to oh. get away from Victoria and, you know, get her sent away. And she's freezing fucking cold because it's, like, middle of winter and it's fucking, like, three degrees outside. She's freezing in her tent. And when she says, well, Jacob's warm, so he's going to keep you warm. Like I talked about with the monkey last night, you would think that he would walk into the tent as a werewolf, not as Jacob. So it's kind of like maybe Jacob saying, fuck you, Edward. I'm going to not come in my werewolf form. I'm going to come in as Jacob and warm her up. And we're going to lay in the sleeping bag together. Jacob so. brought some wood for the fire. <laughs> oh, he did. He was pressing them all up in her ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, like, they can turn on a dime, so it's not like it, it's, a, it's a, not a long transition or transformation. Um, he can communicate as a human. He has no communication skills as a, a werewolf other than Edward's ability to read minds. Um, but <laughs> yes, also in this universe, so horny right now. Uh, the, vamp- the vampires have mutant powers. Yeah, God, if like that's the kind of stuff I want to see, you know? Like, come on, like, oh, Jacob, how could you be thinking that right now? In that hole? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then the king was talking about... Okay, so we have this odd, odd moment where, you know, Jacob and Edward kind of start to establish that, you know, they are becoming frenemies, all right? And they've mm-hmm. got, um, you know, they've got Bella there in the tent, and they're establishing that they're, you know, starting to become frenemies, and, you know, if it wasn't for this and that, they could be friends. Yeah, you know, and that's what, the, <laughs> that's what the king was saying was, you know, they should have been just giving each other handies, you know, right over Bella while she was asleep. Yes! You know, and they both just come on her face. Mutual the best, and now the best, he's the cuckold. The best, the best ending to this series would have been if they both decided that Bella's not worth it and instead just ran off with each other. Exactly. Because <laughs> they were just two you know, seconds away from fucking having sex. Brooklyn Mountain style in that fucking tent. <laughs> yeah, the Bella, Bella got laying there asleep. <laughs> I was waiting for it. It yeah. didn't happen. So I was like, damn. Missed up yeah. 
Yeah, and it's just, and I, I completely agree with the ghoul said because at the end they should have been. You know what, Bella? Everything was cool. We all had our own little territories. Everything was cool until you fucking showed up and started making decisions. Just, just like in True Blood, just like in Vampire Diaries, everything was fine until the one bitch shows up and starts fucking up everybody's world. Yeah, fucking yeah. sucky. <laughs> Goddamn sucky. Snooky. Uh, <laughs> Snooky. Snooky. Is this a short edition? Who, again, was not the hottest thing, but everyone wanted the fucker. Yeah, why? She's like a little fucking so meatball. Fucking <laughs> Everybody wants to fuck Bella. It's like, oh, God, though. She's so fucking boring and pale. Like, there's nothing about her. It's like, yeah, I want to fuck that shit. Yeah, <laughs> You know, I, I would have t- given her five bucks just to give me a facial expression of any kind during this entire fucking movie. Just once. You know, other than yeah. stone. Are you trying to say she can't act very, very good? <laughs> because I think she's amazing. She I'm was so, so good happy. I think she would be great. Emo- she emotes better than anybody else. <laughs> You're so Except cold. maybe Dakota Fanning, which we're going to get to later. Oh, oh good <laughs> lord, man. There, there's somebody who showed up for like a day's worth of work and probably got paid way too much to do it. Yeah. I'm going to talk in one tone my entire sequence, and I'm not going to emote at all because I'm just here for this scene. Yeah, she was probably trying to show him that she could have been Bella, too. <laughs> because when these characters show up, Lainey had read all of the books. She'd seen all the movies as well. So when we get introduced to her earlier in the movie, and they're watching over the army that's forming, um, you know, and we have the one guy that contradicts him, and all of a sudden he starts popping and locking. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Why is he breakdancing all of a sudden? And Lainey's like, no, she's got these weird fucked up mutant powers where she fucks with people and makes them, you know, feel pain and shit like that. I was like. What the fuck are you talking about? She's got mutant powers. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. in, this, in this universe, some, sometimes they have powers. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah a little, no, it's a little weird with that whole thing. They do, some of the vampires have more, I don't know, uh, yes, mutant-based type of powers, like Edward's telepathic, the one can see mm-hmm. visions, what's-his-face, uh, Jasper can feel or tune into people's emotions or some shit and kind of affect them in certain ways. But then you got guys like Carlisle, who's just compassionate, you know, and his wife, Esme, who's just a lover. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes no fucking sense <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, you have, uh, you know, because we, we glossed over it, the scene of Edward and Bella uh, in his home, where he asks her to marry him with the fucking gaudiest fucking piece of costume jewelry I've ever seen. I was like, it was, it was his grandmother's ring or something. His mom. I was like, you bought that a fucking piece in the mall. You got a churro and you fucking got that piece of jewelry. You found that a hot topic. I know. Went to Hot Topic, got you a t shirt about house. And uh, there's this ring, too. So, marry me. She's like, yes, I will. Of course. As long as you fuck me. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. Because I'm thinking about Jacob. Where's he at? <laughs> no, and and that was the thing. is I, Because, again, I'd never seen this 
you know, any of these movies, and I knew the whole thing was that, you know, they didn't have sex in this series, blah, blah, blah. And then when they start to make out, you know, because he's like, okay, well, I'll give this a try. I was like, oh, so this is the movie where they actually do have sex. No. No. No, you don't don't get to see Bella's glorious, boyish body. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a 12-year-old boy. Edward, you're in the net. You fucking pedophile. (laughs) <laughs> Feel like you're back at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But well, we get to the actual battle sequence between the newborns and the Cullens and the yeah, werewolves. Oh, that, really. so exciting. Yes. <laughs> I mean, guys, I was really disappointed because David Slade, <laughs> who directed this film, did 30 Days a Night. And that's a great vampire film. It's fucking bloody as shit. It's a great film. And he's directing this movie now, and you get to the battle sequence, and when they kill the vampires, apparently they're made out of fucking porcelain, because when they're ripped apart, there's no blood. It just looks like they have a bunch of porcelain stuck in their necks and arms. I was like, what the fuck? Well, they're the, like, they're the, cold, they're the cold ones, remember. We get that whole entire thing with the, uh, with the, native, the, with the native tribesmen. Talking about their first interactions with the uh, with the cold ones, so it's like they're yeah, Peter frozen, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. Uh, that yeah. is actually the bloodiest scene in the entire movie. So, yes, it is. Yeah, that's what we get. For what it is. No, yeah. but we but the entire movie has been leading up to this sequence. You know, we had um, Texas boy, whatever his name is, King, um, that was going around training them all. Okay. Jasper. 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 All right. Yeah, Jasper's right. training them all. And, you know, he's getting them ready because they're having to go against the army of newborns. And he's talking about how dangerous they are because they're twice as strong as regular vampires, twice as bloodthirsty. You know, they have no control. You know, and, you know, there's going to be death. People are going to die. You know, so we're expecting this all-out brawl fest. It's getting ready to happen. It's going to go down. And, um, Yeah. They nope. kick the fuck out of him and it's over. <laughs> no. Very fucking quickly. Yeah. Nobody died. Not, uh, nobody fucking died. Like, uh, Stakes and, might be nice, you know? Um, again, like I said, this is all teen, teen drama stuff, and I, I, I fault the author in, you know, maybe not realizing that, like, that kind of stuff really resonates with a reader. Um... I mean, obviously, listen, uh, I, I can't falter too much. The woman is wildly successful, more successful than yeah. I'll ever possibly be. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, look at, like you said earlier, look at George R. R. Martin. You know, he doesn't give two shits about who he's going to kill. He'll take, you know, what is most people's favorite character and completely off them, and you fucking hate him for it, but it makes it completely memorable. It makes it something impactful, and you realize that, you know what, this world that, yes, is all about Bella and, and Edward and their love for each other. And, oh, yeah, there's a, a werewolf who loves her, too, because he wants to hump her leg. Um, <laughs> but there are stakes, and there's something important. And the fact that everybody's willing to fight for it, you know, they're, they're all willing yeah. to fight and die for love. And that, I think, is something that just gets completely missed because they only kill these fucking younglings by shattering them. And, and that's it. Yeah, they kill and, the young ones. Yeah, they kill much. the young ones though, and it, no, I was gonna say they kill the young ones, and they don't even fucking break a sweat. That was the problem. Nope. 
you know, no reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really easily defeated. Um, my problem, you know, aside from nobody dying that's on the Collins or the the werewolf side, is the fact that you had that kiss on the top of the the mountainside between Jacob and Bella. It's like, all right, bitch wants her cake and eat it too. So we've already established that. Because I love Jacob, but I also love Edward. What am I going to do? <laughs> you know, Jacob's saying, I'm going to go fucking kill myself. She's like, okay, but I'll kiss you first. He's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is why she did it, which, again, though, unfortunately, the just makes kiss. it... Exactly, you know? And like I said, I never, I never feel in these films that she has anything more than just a a friend relationship right. with Jacob. And I feel like if this was supposed to really be effective, you know, I'd want to feel like, Oh shit. You know, she really is torn between these two guys. She doesn't know which one she wants to be with. Um, I think that just makes for a more effective story. And I'm sure that in the books that probably is told in a manner that that is effective, but in the movie it does, it does not come through. No, it's no. not in the books either. So <laughs> you're good on that. End. No. No. But it's the fact that, Jacob in the werewolf form, he's the only one that gets fucked up. Like I'm like, of course it's Jacob, the only one in this fucking werewolf army that gets fucked up. Yeah. You know, gets it was, his it was a hero moment. Crushed. You know, he was yeah. he was saving saving Leah. Yeah, because you have to have Jacob get fucked up because Bella's gonna be like, oh no, not Jacob, not my friend that I put in the friend zone earlier in the film. <laughs> <laughs> If you're going to do that, use that as your reason of her falling in love with him. You know what I mean? Like, make it where he did that to save her, and then therefore now she kind of feels almost like a guilt that she should, you know, maybe consider loving him in some way. You know, I don't know. Again, just let the risk of her friend being gone be what what makes her love him. Yeah, and realize he was willing to literally sacrifice himself versus, you know, impervious Edward. You know, he, he was willing to put himself, put himself in harm's risk, you know, to help out the situation. But, he killed Victoria in a very fucking just bad fucking way where it's like, oh, this is the fucking battle. Edward and Victoria, we're getting it. This is happening. It's like, yeah, no, he's going to fucking kill real fast. <laughs> we only have 10 minutes left, so we have to kill real fast. Like, ah, okay. <laughs> you know. Poor, poor Riley. You know, poor Riley Beers. Just, uh, just a pawn in a he bigger game. He just wanted game. to bang that chick. <laughs> no, but then you also bring up a good point, King. You brought it up last night. Of okay, so then after Edward kills Bella, he pulls out a Zippo, and that's when the King was like, and that's when we discover that vampires in this world are made out of fucking gasoline. Yeah, <laughs> they're covered in gasoline because she goes up like a fucking glorious bonfire when he throws yeah. a zippo on her. Yeah. Not even and, a second's worth of flame. Yeah. Just boosh. And, I mean, and if, that was, if that was the case and you were gearing up for this big ass battle, why didn't you just go with with a bunch of zippos and just like <laughs> yeah, on fire? How about a flamethrower? You know, you know, it's not like that would be. You're a fucking vampire. I don't think it would be hard for you to obtain a flamethrower. Vampire. Super strong. In some world, they can, they can compel, you know? <laughs> you know? But, yeah, it's just 
Because I, I did like the fact that I talked about the monkey last night. When you have the scene of Jacob uh, getting healed by Carlisle, they had to fucking break all his bones. I was <laughs> so laughing my ass settled. off. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, good, good. Fucking break all those fucking bones, Carlisle. He sucks. Oh, he's, he's King's a he's Team Edward guy. No, I'm not Team Edward. No, I'm Team Anna Kendrick because she was in this fucking movie, and I love Anna Kendrick. <laughs> So, well, Angela, the character of Angela, the, the Hispanic-looking young lady with the glasses, is actually Rosita from The Walking Dead. Is that right? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. But you have Anna Kendrick, too, who I fucking love because it's perfect. And I told the monkey last night, I'm like, hey, Anna's in this movie. <laughs> you know, with a yeah, little speech. But, but, but we have the doc that comes out from breaking his bones. Uh, again, though, you know... Uh, My, Michael Welch do, doing his best Christian Bale impersonation in my <laughs> impression. That's how I took it. Was Mike Dexter? You know, him trying to do Christian Bale with blonde hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I broke all his bones. The morphine's gonna wear off because his body temperature. See you later. <laughs> He's got I, a I, weird I might... like New, New York accent that like yeah. goes. It's 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 kind of bizarre. Like I don't know if that's his real accent. And he's just trying to mask it normally, or if it's something he's trying to put on and he just can't do it effective, effectively. It seemed like he was trying for an accent. It seemed like he was trying to do something. And, it was and he just couldn't pull Jasper it off. Too. It was the same thing with Jasper, too, where he's supposed to be from Texas, and he has this weird, like, kind of Western accent that would come and go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's the, the, the actor that plays, ja- that, that plays Jasper is like, you know, to, to, to coin a phrase from, from somebody else that I know, it's like he's a dead-eyed child. Uh, he played this same mm-hmm. role when he was fucking Sokka in the uh, last Airbender movie, the, uh, yeah. the, the brother. Um, you know, he's oh, that basically that. Yeah, that's my favorite M. Night movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for the other two. <laughs> I mean, the least... Mm, that's right, it was chapter one. <laughs> The least fella could have done when she went to go see Jacob is give him a handy, you know, while he's trying to eat. She could have been like, listen, like, I'll jerk you off, and we're going to be cool, right, Jacob, right? And he's going to be like, yeah, Bella, just fucking touch it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) all I want. (laughs) Making moves. (laughs) Do you think he he prefers it to his skin dick, or do you think he wants to go Red Rocket with it? Oh, you know he's gonna go Red Rocket. He's gonna transform into the fucking werewolf halfway through. <laughs> Your move, Bella. Your way, move. She's got to she's got to use a lot of Google Glide on that, and she she's got to rub it down like Bubba Hotep and shit. Yeah, it got real now. Yeah, and yeah. Thankfully, we get the whole wraparound of this movie back in the fucking middle. Oh. Girls, that's what you're pushing. I thought it was just thankfully you. we got the end of the movie. <laughs> No, 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 no. We get the wraparound because, thankfully, girls, what your boyfriend wants to do is invite you in the fucking field of flowers to recite poetry and confess his love for you. This is what boyfriends do. This is what they do. I mean, Edward Cullen leading the charge oh, for Valentine's Day. I'm failing. In a field uh, of poppies. Yeah. Yes. romantic. Let's just sparkle in the fucking sunlight and be together because I'm going to marry you. And she's like, oh, well. My dad, Charlie, is chugging the fucking tall boys back at the house. We got to go tell him. 
<laughs> Thank God you're bulletproof. Char- yeah. yeah. Charlie's still yeah, hoping that I'm fucking Jacob. He's fucking <laughs> chanting that charge of Jacob. Not fucking Edward. Not Edward. Not Edward. Fuck, <laughs> it's going to be Edward, isn't it? Come on. He's got a, he's, he's got a Team Jacob shirt in his closet. He just didn't tell Bella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Jacob without a shirt on Bella? Come on. Kid looks fucking tight. <laughs> nope. Yeah, Adam, pretty sure I'm going with Edward. Uh, well, yeah. Let's go with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> he's a Hogwarts There, there is... There is a fun scene in, I don't remember if it's the fourth or fifth movie in which, uh, in which they kind of play on that a little bit with, uh, with Jacob and Charlie. I don't want to give it up because I yeah. know Monkey's going to go and watch the rest of these at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I've, I've, got, I've got them all, man. I'm going to, like, you know, this weekend, it's my birthday weekend. I'm going to, like, fucking run the gauntlet. And I'm going to do every fucking Twilight movie this weekend, man. Uh, I know you are. You're a completionist, dude. I know you're going to watch these. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to come over and be like, I watched all of them. I'm fucking mm-hmm. Team Jacob. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Mm-hmm. No, I got but the fucking t shirt. <laughs> But seriously, as we wrap all of this up, you know, I've now seen a Twilight movie, and, like, I did not enjoy it, but I seriously just don't see the draw that these movies have been pulling in. Because, like we talked about, the acting wasn't there. You know, the the storyline nope. wasn't there. And it's like, seriously, it's like, you know, Ghoul, you've seen them all. I don't know if the Ghoul gal is a fan of the series or not, but it's like, you know, even the diva is like, why the fuck is this a thing? Like, I, we just could not figure out the draw for this series. I could see why. Just like the Vampire Diaries. A bunch of hot fucking young actors playing their parts. You're going to have a bunch of girls going, oh, my God, you know, Robert Pattinson, Taylor Watner. Oh, my God, I'm wet. It's like, you shouldn't yeah. be because you're fucking 13. But still. Yeah, but at least in, yeah, but in Vampire Diaries, you have, you know, you have eyebrows and hero hair. Okay, that was their nicknames. I watched the series. Okay, and at least you had blood. At least you had death. You know, at, at least yeah. vampires were being vampires. You know, yeah, at least you I had just, Damon. Um, seeing <laughs> something older. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I I've been trying to watch the Vampire Diaries because uh, I'm a huge, I'm a big fan of the originals. I oh, love yeah, yeah, the yeah. originals. Um, I did, unfortunately. The original is over. Um, yeah. And you know what? Listen, fucking tears got sh- tears got. No, no, I did not. Um, the Ghoul Girl finished that one. I uh, I'm only I'm still in the first season of Vampire Diaries. I've only made it a couple episodes in. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, like I said, man, for like for me, the originals was fantastic, and yeah, they did some great things on a television series, which you know did finally give us what I feel is like a solid. Vampires versus werewolves versus witchcraft. You know, I mean, that's kind of what they they've put together there, and and they yeah. they did it well. So uh, I I do appreciate that series and that show, though. I I just cannot seem to grasp the Vampire Diaries the same way I did originals. Mm. Well, it's just there's no uh, Davina, dude. Davina's so fucking hot. <laughs> well, going away from that, uh, Monkey, it is your pick next week. What do you have for us? All right. It is my pick, and things have been a little bit too pretty. Things have been a little bit too modern. So we're going to take it back. We're going to take it the fuck back. And we're, yeah, and we're going we're going to like the 1930s, way, aren't we? 
Yep. Yeah, we are. <laughs> We're going to 1932 for Todd Browning's Freaks. Oh, I love it. Didn't we do this on the original show? Nope. No, Never we did, did not. Never oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. So, very Thanks. cool. Yeah, you're this is my not, first time seeing it, so I'm excited. <laughs> now, not the film Freaked, starring <laughs> the name Bill and Ted's, right? No, no, dude, Freaked, the one with the fucking circus freaks that we watched at your house long ago with yeah. the fucking sideshow freaks. Alex Winter and mm. Keanu Reeves. Uh, that, that's him. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's right. Alex, uh, Keanu Reeves was uh, Cowboy. Dog Boy. Yep. Dog Boy. <laughs> yep. No, wasn't he, the, wasn't he the Cowboy? No, he was Dog Boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, was, I thought it was because uh, yeah, cowboy, cowboy makes sense. Yeah, it was, but no, he was Dog Boy, and Randy Quaid is a weird fucking uh, sideshow barker. Uh, that's going to be a pick mm-hmm. for me, you know, coming up soon. So, um, <laughs> so but, because of the ghoul's insistence of blessing us with this special episode for uh, Valentine's Day week, my question is, uh, with the adjustment, with the adjustment of the schedule, uh, with the ghoul and the monkey flip flopping, so the ghoul can give us this treat this week. Uh, is this now the new schedule, or does it revert back to normal after this? It reverts. It reverts back to normal after this. Yep. Well, excuse me for fucking living. <laughs> after ne- after next <laughs> yes. week's episode, after, no. after next week's episode, we will go back to our regularly scheduled program, <laughs> which true. means the doc. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yes. All right. So. Uh, Monkey, make sure that uh, is accessible to all of us, in a way. I'm sure you do. Um, freaks? Uh, I, I don't know. I found my way the way I always find mine. Well, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> King, you're the same way. So what are you talking about? I am. And I'm I, not worried. And I know, about the other guys. And I know there are <laughs> ways to buy it. And it's I have a copy of Freaks, so I'm not worried. <laughs> of course, um, of course but, you do. So... All right, so that's it. Uh, Doc, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you go ahead and Oh, thank you. Out? You're welcome. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so happy we've been on the show. No longer has to talk about Twilight Eclipse. <clears throat> All right, so uh, Monkey, do your sign-off. All right, I'm your sexy Simeon saying thanks for listening to our special Valentine's Day episode and letting the monkey come in your ear. Good night, everybody. All right. Just you and me, Ghoul. Go ahead and do your sign-off. I, uh, you know, as, as always, uh, it's, you know, you guys did it again. It's too late to get anything for your girl or guy or vampire or werewolf or, or deadline. whatever it is. You're, you're Charlie. Red Rocket. You missed the Valentine's deadline, okay? Uh, but you can still go to Bonfire Beat Designs and buy your significant other something. Make every day fucking vamp- uh, va- I was going to say Vampire's Day. Make every day Valentine's Day, okay? <laughs> and get out there and buy them stuff, okay? Because there's so much beautiful jewelry up there right now. She's got all kinds of new stuff that she's put together. She's making shit like crazy. My house is littered with fucking jewelry stuff. I need it out of here, okay? So go buy it for me, please. Not for me personally, buy it for your own, your other. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, stay scared, everybody, and have a great night. Have a great Valentine's Day with your significant other. Watch some fucked up horror movies. Have some great fucking sex. As for me, I don't have one. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be watching fucking some good horror movies, drinking some beer, and quietly crying in the corner. That's how I spend every Valentine's Day because, hey, why not? That's what we do here at Talking Terror. 
So we're very I'll excited to talk the about the for you. pick next week. <laughs> Todd Ryan's uh, is a favorite of mine. Uh, we'll sorry, real quick. Uh, Bonfire Beat Designs on Etsy. I forgot to mention that. It's the Etsy page. All one word. Yeah, Bonfire, Bonfire Beat Designs. Beat on Etsy. Definitely check them out. Get the death look. You know, she has a great fucking assortment of shit. Uh, really talented in her art, so I will give her that. Uh, so happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Keep America strong. Watch our movies. Get laid. <laughs>